made such a mess, you spilled the wine. I got you wine. You did give You're me wine. You're so picky. Ice wine. Ice wine. Yeah, maybe in hindsight it was too many ice cubes, but I really don't like like a warm white wine. No, I mean, of course, it's just disgusting. I'm not a yeah, no. savage. Um, I don't think you should say savage is probably a racist term. I should... I don't know, because people are like, savage, but then maybe savage. No, but, but uh, yeah. No, you know what? I'm just associating. Okay, I don't think savage is a racist term. I think savage, I'm just associating with the song in Pocahontas. Yeah, savage which is, is which is racist. Even but in all fairness, they are racist. So it's a, yeah. ra- it's a racist song, but totally. it's, it's not, not trying. Like it's not like no, racist. No, no, no. It's, like a, it's like a racist song. Oh, my song. God, wait. Do you know? Okay, so a I have A song about racism. Yeah, okay. A song prominently featuring racism. Okay, even more. Th- actually, it's not even that. that it's that's necessarily worse, but a really also another really bad one in a Disney one. Um, and this is back when they were still probably actually racist was Dumbo, which I haven't seen in years, but apparently oh. there's an opening, there's an opening line where they say, swing that rope, you hairy ape. And then the person notices she's like, there's, there are no apes in that scene. It's black workers yeah, working for the circus. And then they're, they, ha- they actually sing a line where they talk about, they're like, um, we can't, do something like that. we can't read all we um we don't make a lot of money and what we make will like we spend like on the drink and i was just like oh man i was real bad and then the crows in dumbo are Um, black stereotypes drink it's called the jim crows it's like their name is real bad it's Roll bad. I mean, I remember, um, Dumbo. I remember the conversations around Dumbo being like surprised. Actually, Dumbo's quite racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing that, but I just haven't gone back and like figured that. That's um, it's not. It's not surprising, but you're just like, wow. And they are remaking that. They already did. I mean, it's like you're gonna come out. No, no, it came out. They redid Dumbo Live came out. Like last year with it, it Col- did? <laughs> yeah, with like Colin Farrell and um uh, the beautiful uh, actress whose name I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that came out. <laughs> I think no, no I've like definitely thought it was. I definitely <laughs> thought it was like still got to come out. Like it still no, was no. yet to come out. No, no, it came out like last year. No, my actual sister. No, no. I'm pretty sure like last Christmas. You're positive? I'm positive. I mean, it does. You do. So, it does sound vaguely familiar. <laughs> no, then grow up that, that out. You mean last Christmas, like 2018 Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. this, not, not this past. No. No. Don't, 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 um, don't. Uh, when I went to go see KML. A winter sketch show that featured my good friend Michael Phyllis. Uh-huh. Uh The KML shows are good. Sometimes they're cheesy. Sometimes they're not very funny. You right. s- I came with you. Oh, you came with me. Yeah. Oh, because then we had to run. Ac- it wasn't finished, and we had to run across to see the yeah. Neos. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites was actually the one where he had to be rescued on the bridge, and the <laughs> the radio channel kept changing <laughs> to different versions of Last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. That was really. No. <laughs> that I just feel like got trapped in because he got snowed in yeah. on the bridge, and I, I was like, no, this we is come to rescue him. It's like a funny concept. Yeah, for that was skit. that was funny. Yeah, so I like that. 
But yeah, no girl, Dumbo came out. <laughs> News to my huge Dumbo ears. And there are so many like. Oh my gosh, I don't think I have very large ears, but when I was younger, I mean, they're they're big. They're like bigger, and they stick out a little bit, you know, like in a cute way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, yeah. and you don't notice them as much anymore because of my long hair. But when I was younger, no, I yeah, like, like the picture on my mantle right now of us, because when you had, especially when your hair was straight and like slightly bowl cut. They just shut right. Oh out. no, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> stick out. Like they were in the cutest. They were cute big ears. Oh yeah, no, they're cute. But I don't think they're like dopey huge ears on my no. head now. But they're they like they just stick out a little bit. Yeah. But when we got a one of those cartoons done where they make your head really huge and put you on a little thing, you know what they do? <laughs> when at did like, yeah? When did you do that? Like with Dad at Hershey, like years ago. I think it was Hershey. It was somewhere. Probably. I but I had one for a while. And A, the man put me on a skateboard, which was like, <laughs> okay. Well, sure, I'll be on a skateboard. But then, you know how they always exaggerate one of your features to be yeah. like, oh, this is They exaggerate the ears. <laughs> it was my ears. And I was like, I have big ears. <laughs> I'll never forget this one time. Um, Pauline our former dance teacher was talking once about Daniel being in the back seat and her mm-hmm. um, ha- having a conversation with like a friend in the front seat. And he was just young enough where like they didn't think he was paying attention, but clearly he was. And she was just talking about, I think shoe size for the boys and how they're growing so fast and mm-hmm. being like, she's like, yeah, Daniel's feet are so big now. And then he just burst out into tears going, I don't have big feet. Holly <laughs> <laughs> was just like, no, I always thought that was really funny. Oh. She's like, oh, and you think they're not listening. I was like, nope, he was listening. They are. Oh, we are. Well, cheers. Cheers. Here's to Dumbo 2018. (laughs) (laughs) And um, hopefully, and and updating that racist thing into hopefully being a less racist version. I'm sure it is, obviously. But yeah. Anyway, hi. Hi. Hello. Uh, So nice to be with you again. Yeah, it's so nice to be back after a while. Two-week hiatus. Definitely a two-week hiatus. Two-week hiatus. So you haven't heard a new episode in three weeks. Thank you mm. for dealing with that. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. We had planned a break of one week. Mm-hmm. Ended up uh, being a break of two, mostly because of life happening. and As it does. As it does. You know it. One time. Life is the messy bits. I hope I haven't absolutely. I th- I hope I haven't told this story on this podcast before, but you probably have. <sighs> but we're gonna tell it again anyway. I was with my good friend Caitlin Shea in Boston before we went to Kendall's wedding. We were at Caitlin's house, and her roommate, I think it was Sarah. Also, I don't know if it was an good H or without. Name. I know solid name, solid, solid name, name choice. Came down. <laughs> And we were talking with her and she's just been going through a lot this year and that's kind of just like, you know, uh, just life has been happening, right? Mm -hmm. She's talking to Caitlin about it and, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm getting older and all this stuff is happening. And then she told us, she was like, oh, I was talking with my mom on the phone and I was really upset and I was crying a bit and I was like, mom, does it ever get any easier? And the mom said to her, oh, honey. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It just is like, I think that was really A, hilarious, yep. and B, true. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm sorry I'm yawning. That was so rude. 
How I dare you? I know. I'm so Bodily functions. Bodily functions. I think that life, you just learn how to catch the curveballs with more grace, hopefully, as you get older. I mean, sometimes it gets easier. Like there, I think there, there are easier moments. There are easier moments, but I think there's just the more that you become entrenched in society and the more you become entrenched in relationships and people you know. And, and really taking care of yourself. I think things just happen. Uh, I think they just happen more. There's more. Well, we're constantly taking on more in different ways. Like as you get, especially as you get older, more responsibilities, yeah, more situations, more of everything. There's just less that, you know, we're being... Some of us being shielded from, you know, and so I think just, you know. You're just exposed to the whole You're just exposed. <laughs> you're out there, you're raw, you're naked, and you're running around saying, what the shit? What the shit is going on? Jesus. Just five minutes ago, I was a child running around naked and innocent, and now I'm paying PG&E to burn the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> I like, don't know where that voice came from. I don't know if I've ever done it before. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I was enjoying <laughs> running with choice. it. It's a choice. <laughs> Why am I speaking like this? I was just a child. <laughs> a child spoke like that. <laughs> Mommy, daddy, <laughs> I'm in need of some juice. <laughs> <laughs> These lips are thirsty for Juice. Oh my god, I just really want a child to say these lips are thirsty. <laughs> oh, how terrifying. <laughs> that's like a Venn diagram of things children say and things Lizzo say. <laughs> <laughs> these lips are thirsty for juice. Oh, that would be amazing. I want that artwork, artwork hanging in my room. <laughs> <laughs> these lips. <laughs> Are thirsty for juice. <laughs> I like can't tell what the child's motivation is. Like I can't tell if the child's trying to seduce its own parents, or if it's just like. Kind of sounds like an over it queen. <laughs> it's like already over it. That's an over it queen if like I ever a, heard yeah, one. Yeah, queen who came, the queen who was born to the world with a cigarette hanging out of her lips. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Could you imagine a baby being born? This was smoking. Big fat juicy lips. Oh my god! Instead of screaming out of the womb. Yeah, just smoking. Came out smoking. <laughs> like before you emerged, there was that <laughs> of smoke oh. into the air. Pretty sure that's a character on. Um, did you ever see the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I'm pretty sure there's a smoking baby in that. Yeah. Oh, I think that's correct. I know it has a cigar. It's like the boss. It's like yeah, something like that. Anyway, well, welcome back. (laughs) After that tangent, we are (laughs) delighted to be back with you. (laughs) Well, some of us. Just kidding. Oh (laughs) my goodness! Once again, assaulting (laughs) the listeners. Assaulting the listeners. Here you are, the mighty (laughs) eighty-five, listening to us. I don't deserve you. And here she is. <laughs> Being a total bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she doesn't want anyone to keep listening to us. She just it's, Don't try to like touch me with your phone. I wasn't. I was trying to itch the bottom of my <laughs> foot Oh, okay. And it just happens to rub against me. Fantastic. Let me just rub my feet into <laughs> you right now. Well, anyway, anyway, we were recording back in Sarah's apartment. Yes, we are. Uh, for the first time since the first episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did that in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. 
Now we're doing it in your room. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it's really lovely. Thank you. It has been quite the journey. It has. But being in your room is honestly like really pleasant. A, your room is huge. Yeah, like you do lucky. have a you I'm do have a huge I'm room. Very, now. very lucky. Yeah, you definitely have like queen room now. Even though I was looking back in your roommate Sonia's room while the door was open and I was peeking and I was like, You did a good job, girl. Yeah, I mean, no. she got like that couch, she yeah, got that no. big, big room. It's yeah. like this has more hers is like a bigger square than yours. Yeah. Yeah. But yours, I mean, you have fabulous floor space. This fireplace is gorgeous. The portrait of our young grandmother up there looks stunning. I'm glad you got that one. It wouldn't have looked as good in my house anyway. It is, I really do love coming in and seeing it. It's just so fabulous. Yeah, it's stunning. Yeah, she's a movie star. And now with your lights. Yes, thank you for those, by the way. My color-changing light bulbs. Did we talk about on the last episode about our birthday? About our what? I think we talked about how we built all your stuff. That was the Saturday we have. Yes, I believe so, yeah. So just, yeah, I'm getting used to my clothing rack, my seven-foot-tall clothing rack. But it actually looks so good. It does, it um, looks really nice. Organized, like... With a little bit of the colors. Yes, I've tried. I'm trying it out. Which so I'm, I'm doing it based off of like the length and the color. Length and the color. No, no. I think it just overall looks more balanced. Yeah, I agree. And it just looks like when you look at it, it doesn't look like oh, look at that huge clothing rack that's stuffed with stuff. It just looks like oh, there's a lot of clothes on that rack, but you could find what you needed. Yeah, I'm no, I'm really enjoying. No, I'm really enjoying it, and I've been. Following better habits of, I think, like, at least putting things away when I'm trying to when I first come home. Like, mm-hmm. hanging my jacket right away and just being like, shoes come off over here. And That's been a habit things. I've it's been nice. trying to build in my room as well. Just like, you know what? Don't throw your shit on the bed. On the, bed. On the chair. You know what? You Clean took it off the a hanger. There's a hanger waiting for mm-hmm. it. Why would you do that to yourself? It's I, I always, it's like what, uh, as my, what, here she comes again, good friend Caitlin Shea. <laughs> I was just saying that gave us life and uh, this phrase, just like thanks, past self. Yes, I love saying that. Yes, absolutely. Got so that I always her. think a, a gift for a future self. Just yes, I'm like no, hanging it up, and I'm like, oh, when I come into my room later, it's done. It's yeah. already done. I told myself and it's last night, just oh. fabulous. I told myself last night, like I would clean off that chair at least and just get that chair empty and keep it empty. It's like I'm nothing. This, like fabulous seventies. Yeah. Style I was chair. like, nothing is going to go back on that chair. Like when I came in earlier, I was like, okay, that's where I put my bag and my jacket down as I was like in the process of coming in and coming out. Like I was only home for like 45 minutes, but what my goal is to be to try to keep that chair. Like things can drape over it and I'm fine with that, but I'm going to try and not just make it the dumping ground. Absolutely. No, um, trying to keep stuff off of a, a place that you can just pile really easily. And then <sighs> you're like, oh, it has its own life. Like, Yep, it's, it's just not a hamper. It's not a quote. I never bought myself a hamper. It's just little oh things. You did. I did, just like that little white basket. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that'll make you feel good. Just something that I could like kind of tuck away that I liked. It was it was getting overwhelming just constantly using tote bags because it would just be like so many tote bags of just laundry, and then sometimes Wait, I it wouldn't even I be actually, fully. I actually didn't know that's what you were doing. Yeah, because I would just like when people would come over, I'd then just stuff them under the bed, and then you would um conveniently be able to bring them to my house for yeah they'd already be ready to go <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's i mean to be honest no, it's not a, it wasn't a, it really wasn't bad no but i know what you mean but yeah you're just like and then also they're not as big so you just f- probably feel like you have so much laundry yep. and it's also easy to suddenly be like well 
You don't really see your other laundry because you're like, oh, it's a, an empty bag, but you have like three full bags behind it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Oh, gosh. That reminded me that I had a point about something. What were we just talking about before? It um, you mentioned your hamper. Keeping the chair clean, things off of stuff. Mm, you know. It's gone. It'll come back. Eh, you know. In the middle, like a lightning bolt. Gone. Oh, do you think that the clothing rack is helping with sound between... I think so. Because it's just like larger. It does cover the whole door. You still it does put cover the door. I think I want to get like another similar kind of like to the curtains I have. Just yeah. like a thick. Yeah. I'm also going to put more of the foam padding. So just, it can't hurt. It's oh really no, like the little the space between the floor that I just really want to get covered. If we put the foam padding up, we could probably, you should attach it with like tape or... It is attached with tape currently, which is doing an okay job. I mm-hmm. think I just have to get better tape. I was, and also I'm using maybe uh, clean the door with like rubbing alcohol yeah. so it's like a clean i also realized i could probably do a p- really long piece of tape across and just catch it too like yeah. you know what i mean yeah 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 that'd be great that's good that'll work anyway if you do it uh, my poor palm though if you ever get to come oh, i know your palm if anyone wants to write in about palm care she just she turned I on you she, was she turned on it. me she was but i also think that has a little to do with being away for the week and i watered them in the middle of the week before we had gone i remember and then as i got home i went Fuck. Yeah, she turned on you. She turned on me, and and she had been coming back slowly. But mm. Wow, but that's the oh, sign of a fic- like weird in between. That's the sign of a fickle plant. Yeah, but all your other plants are really thriving. Yes, they are. You have a little jungle going, which I love. We love jungle homes. I do. I do. Jungle I want more. Of course, no. I just keep seeing. I just keep seeing all these pictures on Pinterest of just so many plants in rooms. I'm like, I want a well, jungle. Well, I know every time I walk into a house where I'm like, oh my gosh, they have so many plants, and we have a lot of plants in our house. Yeah. But the way plants are used in our house is they're not, like they're used in accents and they're yeah. everywhere, but they're not in like an overwhelming sense mm-hmm. of, they don't really give a jungle vibe. Like we yeah. don't have a jungle vibe in our house because no. they're just not sitting everywhere. I also know that if they were everywhere, it would drive me crazy because our space isn't really large enough for the big, big plants to come. But yeah. I want more from the ceiling. Yes. Because we have the two in the living room. I've, I put some in the bathroom now that are hanging from the ceiling aaron's got one from his ceiling i've got two from mine but now i want to start just being like let's just do a ton of ceiling plants some off the walls let's get jungle going 2020 i love it i know more home improvement in 2020 more weekends off from partying and more doing i want to paint our little bathroom our red maroon bathroom get the gold trim going mm-hmm. black leather cords get the photos of our friends on the toilet up on the wall because we gotta <laughs> take that series first so many plants you're doing pictures of us on the toilet and putting it hanging up in the bathroom. Oh my, I thought it would be so funny, like a series <laughs> of people posing on toilets. Like you don't actually have to be using the toilet, but you know oh what I mean. Okay, yeah, posing on. The, okay, yeah, like that's posing cute. on the toilet. Like you could do one where you're like, just don't like pictures of me sitting. But yeah, 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 but it could even be like standing on the toilet doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I would know. be so meta if there were photos of people in the bathroom then hanging on the bathroom wall. I love it. Yeah, it's around that fun. toilet. And yeah. Oh, and uh, Ms. Larry got us a bidet. Oh, the bidet is lovely. I know, but it is really intense. Oh, my gosh, you turn it up just a little bit past. Yeah, you're like, ooh. I mean, it's like, <laughs> no, honey, it's not like, ooh. <laughs> it's like, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Sarah's roommates. But it's more like, I'm just trying to be uh, respectful. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's shocking. Like, something <laughs> something shouldn't uh, fire that up. <laughs> Fire that strongly <laughs> against my delicate anus. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> ah, my delicate anus. No. Shut uh, up. 
No, my delicate anus. No, my no, 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 no. No, my other anus. No, my actual anus. <laughs> anus thing is possible. I just like um. Oh, I just don't like how you said anus so many times in like a matter of ten seconds. These lips require more anus. No, no. Do no, no. back with that joke. It's okay. That's fair. Okay, so one of my favorites. We're gonna we're gonna get back uh, into the show mm-hmm. with our highs and our lows. Mm-hmm. Start off like we do every episode. Twenty minutes into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should really say this is we, our banter is our opening bit, and you know, then we work our way. Yeah, then we Structure is for boobs. <laughs> I get it, like a bra. Yeah. <laughs> I just Oh, wow, I'm clever. <laughs> Structures. Go me. Clink. Structures for boobs. See, isn't that also fair? Like, you know how you don't like to say, like, don't be a pussy because, like, about being weak, right? Yeah. If you say, like, don't be a boob. Like, a boob I implies would, I like say boob all the time. I'm like, don't be such a boob. <laughs> boob is a funny word, <laughs> I love though. It. And I love when I say to people, like, referring to maybe another group, but like, go get those boobs over there. So I was like, what boobs? <laughs> <laughs> like a group of boobs over there. Uh, do you know where I got saying that term though, which is really fun? Is from um Jill's mom, Tina. Like Tina uh, is Tina. what Tina would call all of the servers boobs. She'd be like, Oh, don't be such a boob. Or if there's like a customer she didn't like, like, ugh, what a boob. And I just it's love it's a funny word that it's no, not it so is. offensive. No, I love it's it. It's like, oh don't be such a boob. Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't think of Tough titties. Tough titties. From Wild Wild Country, which I don't think you've ever seen. You've just heard I never finished it. it. You kept going, and I just like there's certain things I'm like I don't want to watch that on my on myself, but it's so intense. Maybe one day. Highs and the lows. Highs and lows. Um, well, I'll just I'll start us off with my high, and that would be, I guess I'd have to say a couple of things, and the first being that this morning going to my new job this afternoon was the first time in like two years where I didn't wake up with this anxiety about having to go to work. Beautiful. So that was really nice. Wow. And it was, yeah, there was just, I felt so calm, even though like I got a little nervous at points because I, I found out that the girl that I'm still kind of training under is actually <laughs> going on vacation this week. <laughs> so there was just a lot. I was like, okay, but at the same time, I was like, it's going to be fine. And I have everything written down and I'm just... I don't know. I was like, I was kind of like taken, a little shocked, but at the same time, I was like, okay, we're just going to do this. And so it was just nice to be working on stuff. You got to keep rolling with it. Got to keep rolling with it. Yeah. And then I'll, this will kind of also slide into. Um, Your DMs. Yeah. Slide into those DMs, honey. Uh, no one ever said, no, that's not true. One person slid into my DM once and it was that guy who wanted to be my sugar daddy. Sugar Daddy did. Classic. Classic. Um, classic. First person and only person to slide into those DMs. And yeah, what about that weird guy that one time who like? But we couldn't tell we if he was hitting on you or if he was hitting <laughs> <laughs> me. But he slid into your DMs. Yeah, that was still confusing. Cause I was like, are you just no, using know, me to get to my brother? We, but 
Slide nonetheless, he did. Yeah, slide nonetheless. He you did. had he your slid on in those there. DMs slid into. Yeah, yeah. Slid into those that DMs was, that was twice. A weird, a weird interaction. Absolutely a weird interaction. And then I will say, part of my high would also be getting to spend time with our little cousins last week when we were back in New York. Amazing. Who were just such precious gems. And I know that I feel like people say this about their family. When it comes to kids, people can be no. honest and be like, no, that person's a piece of shit. But <laughs> our, two <laughs> our two younger cousins who are <clears throat> 10 and 13 now correct, are s- just such balls of love and light. And we were saying it was so special. Like, we don't get to see them all the time. Or you get to see them almost none of the time. Yeah, we don't get to see them all the time. Yeah, no, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm saying, like, yeah, it, like, like, I feel like not, uh, not all the time implies, like, Oh, a few times a year. It's no, lucky no. if it's once a year. Yeah, it's true. That is true. So, and we talked about this so much with our family. The fact that they just like fall on us and like just let us pick them up when they like don't care and they just are coming over and like holding my arm and for, you know, for not having seen us for so long, they don't care. So there's just like this really instant, beautiful connection between the older cousins and them that was just so enjoyable and healing in itself to be around that I'm just so appreciative of that and having them there and having that time with them because I don't get it. So yeah, that was part of my high. And yeah, it's awesome because they're so much younger than the other cousins. Their Jula is ten years younger essentially than Owen. Owen's twenty two, she's thirteen. Yeah. He's turning twenty three. Mm-hmm. So they're right around that time and Ruby is, you know, ten. So he's she's thirteen years younger. And that's a bigger gap between Ruby and Owen than she's 20 Owen years younger and than I. <coughs> oh, yeah, she's tw- fully 20 years yeah, younger. Than, uh, which I'm, I'm like, oh, when you're 30, when you're my age, like I'll be 50. Like I'm more like an uncle. Yeah. And that's kind of how I've always felt about them. Yeah, but same. They're amazing and they're so sweet and they just want to be picked up and and instantly fall into our family and in love. Everyone loves them. And it's, yeah, it's like getting to have like young kids in mm-hmm. your family so it's like they kind of take the place of oh like i don't have kids for people to play with like they came in and you're like oh my gosh everyone loves ruby and jula so that was really really awesome yeah i'll I'm definitely um come off of that and say that was a high for me as well getting to be with our family in general um and w- another really great high was i spent essentially like 24 hours with one of my good friends nora palka mm-hmm. whom I've seen a few times uh, in the past few years, but it's almost never like enough time to really catch up and bond. It's actually it was probably the longest we've ever hung out solo. You know, we drove up to Massachusetts and we were with other people, but it was a lot of just like intense us time. And yeah. she's just such a love and uh, an inspiration. And she's released a single and is working on her career. And, you know, she's having being like a a full-time actress and singer-songwriter like money is really tight and that's like a big stress in her life but it's kind of like watching her i know she's like on the precipice you know she's starting to get into that next phase she knows Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are making it now and it's just a matter of like figuring out a little bit of financial stuff and all that and so it was good to just like catch up and reminisce and Mm. we reminisce a lot about college went through a lot of old photos that's fun i'm like phase of life when you're looking back at those things and you're like, oh, look how crazy this was. Yeah. And uh, just being able to kind of rekindle mm-hmm. like, a, like a friendship a little bit just yeah. in this way of being like, oh, how nice because Nora's also not like 
the best texter, like in our friend group, like she kind of comes in and out of the text messages, which is like fine. Yeah. And we don't like talk on the phone a lot. You know, you just have your own thing or we don't really have a one-on-one text relationship, but it's so nice when you just go back with those people and you fall right back into it. And yeah. It's like no time has passed at all. Yeah. Exactly. It's really special. Those best people. So that was a really great highlight of this last week, being able to reconnect with that. And then we have a collective low. Mm-hmm. Um, which is going to lead us into today's main topic, and it's like another collective low after the car. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so many collective lows, so many life things together, but I guess that's, you know, part of that's the part journey of with the siblings. And, and with this podcast. <laughs> no, my actual sister. Uh, so one of the reasons that we took off last week is because we had to go home. One of the reasons we saw family and one of the reasons I saw Nora is uh, last week we learned that our grandfather, our pop-up, passed away. Mm-hmm. He passed away on Friday, January mm-hmm. 31st, and we got the news that it was coming soon, I think on Friday morning is when my mom called me. No, mom went uh, Thursday morning. It was my last night with the Sweeney's, and then Friday, well, we found out Thursday that he was going into hospice. Thursday, and then... And we, it right. could have been... A couple of days, a couple of weeks, yeah, 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 but... They he had broke the fever. They thought it was gonna be soon. Mom had called Thursday, telling us. Then Friday morning was like, yeah, it definitely looks like it's gonna happen this weekend. You should book tickets. And then you learned a little bit later that he had fully passed. And it was. Uh, it's been a lot of emotions. Obviously, yeah. um, we're gonna talk a lot about grief coming through it. Uh, but it was also. Well, it was so sad. It was also this big relief simultaneously yeah. because our grandfather had suffered from Parkinson's for the past, I, I want to say 10 years is kind of when he got diagnosed. Yeah. And the first few years, it wasn't actually so bad. It was very manageable. And, well, al- and he also had dementia. Well, at the end. At the end. At the end. But yeah. what I'm saying is that I was giving the backstory of just being like he had had the Parkinson's. Yeah, right. Sorry. And the Parkinson's had slowly developed, um, being managed pretty well. And then in the last five years is when it had started to really kind of become more noticeable just in terms of mobility and how much uh, pop-up was present. But it was still really amazing. It was really only in the last two years where it was definitely noticeable where you're like okay he's a little uh, he's a it's like a little bit out of it and um sometimes just like not as sharp as he normally was because he was so engaged and so we slowly wash it and then in the last year it was a very sudden turn into like full-blown dementia so and then he was pretty non-responsive to a lot of communication and was in a memory care unit for the last year while my grandmother lived on the other side the non- memory care side yeah just the uh, uh senior living so and it was a p- and yeah and just to add on to that as our our pop-up is someone we were very close with he was very much a part of our lives growing up not just in a see you at christmas see you at these bigger events in your life they were truly someone who from you know the time that we were very very young have always been there and so it's been an adjustment in this last year even though we're over here um you know not even kind of getting those moments on the phone with him anymore and even though we 
even though I knew it was coming, uh, it hasn't made it any easier. Of I feel course. Like it hasn't, uh, you know, I know some people are like, oh, was it expected? And um, y- yes, it was. But in a way that's almost made it more difficult because you're just watching somebody decline and you're just sort of waiting and I just hated having those thoughts of constantly <coughs> excuse me of just saying oh is today going to be the day yeah I don't know yeah so it's like you said I've had so many mixed emotions of feeling overwhelmingly sad about it then overwhelmingly relieved about it and worried about our mom and aunts for it, especially grandma. And yeah. this is the first like significant, I think, death for me in these last few years that I'm just like, oh, this is someone who I was very, very much in love with. And yeah, no, it was an absolute. It's a incredibly significant death. Someone who was, like we said, very you said very much a part of our lives. Yeah, I think my point earlier was getting to what you said. Like it was a big relief because in this last year, he was so vitally different. He was so non-functional. And so he wasn't really the person we knew at all. He just wasn't. And so you kept, I mean, what always crosses my mind is just, you know, what kind of life is this? If it's going to be so, you know, he lost so much weight uh, towards the end. And there was a lot of just, sadness and there's i think there's almost more pain in the watching someone i I know what you mean by like it doesn't make it easier because you're waiting for it but i think there's almost so much more pain in being like wow this person i knew is just now not there but like the physical representation of them is there yeah and so that was really hard because you're like this is him but like is it him no you know and so that's the thing that was always striking me so i was always thinking from like almost the very beginning i was like well i hope it and soon which kind of feels grim but i no, think I, I agree um i think then what surprised me was despite having had those thoughts then how emotionally it hit me and and how the the waves of grief about it came over me at unexpected times how it manifested in ways which i didn't expect like you said this is the first significant loss in a while i feel like since grandma pat for me I mean, when uh, uh, our grandfather's older sister, Joreen, died, uh, Jojo, who was mm-hmm. a great aunt and who was also integral in our family and very yeah. we were close with, but just not in the same way because it's not your grandfather, like, you know. Yeah, I was I was devastated over Jojo, as were you, as were we all. But yes, it w- there was just like a, a slight difference. Yeah, yeah, it's just in the just in the closeness of someone who like pop up was like they were so integral in our lives and always coming to uh, uh, plays and recitals and games and really, really taking an active part in our lives, which was beautiful. And so there was just, you just, it suddenly comes back. Like the memories come flooding, the significance of that person. And that has uh, made it hard. And I feel like these past two, three days in particular since being back, I got back Saturday evening have felt like this big emotional hangover. It was just a big, big week of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the other reasons, this is like, th- 
I mean, this is tied in, but um, I, when I was home, I learned that our friend Caitlin Shea, who I brought over, her father had passed as well, who had been battling oral cancer for the past five years and had gone through ups and downs, and her family's just been through a lot of illness, and I'm relatively close with her family. I've spent up a lot of time up there when Caitlin herself was sick, and but I lived with Caitlin in college and after college, so I've known her mom for a long time, and I've known her dad, and like I've known of her siblings, and they've been out here in the Bay Area before, and I've like run into, like kind of seen them in passing, and just always kind of had them around, and so that was a really sad, heavy moment to hear, because you just feel, and he was young, 61, but the, you know, blessing in disguise, the beauty was that I happened to be home already, and so it was easy to just extend the trip, instead of coming back on Thursday, I just stayed around and drove up with Nora on Friday and went to the wake, and that was really beautiful, there were between 500 and 600 people who came to the wake. It was supposed to be three hours. It went for almost four. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing to watch that person have that kind of impact on their community. And, yeah. you know, it was very somber at first and very sad, but then it moved into a really, I think, beautiful celebration. And, you know, just by sheer numbers, you can't cr- you can't cry for four hours. Just, the I feel like the body is like, okay, I just need to, like, not produce tears for a second. And people are coming in with such happy memories and stories. And... Nora and I just sat there and kind of chatted and catched uh, and caught up ourselves during the wake because Caitlin had to stand and receive. And I think it just meant a lot to her that we could be there. And Nora ended up cantering the funeral mass the next day. And I got oh to go to that. So and it was really beautiful to be able to show up for my friend who's very, very dear to me in that way in such a significant time and significant loss. And when we learned of his passing it was on Super Bowl Sunday it was on the Sunday of the Super Bowl uh, we had just dropped our grandmother off and we were driving back and I really appreciate you listening to me because I just started bawling in the car as I was driving Because, and I hadn't really cried yet about our grandfather but I think that was just that you just learn that extra sad news and all of a sudden everything you've been holding on to that hasn't made you cry just it was just like pushed me over the edge of just like that weeping and really feeling for her family and really feeling for our family and you just get caught up in that wave and it feels really good to do that you know to like let that emotion out but it was just it was wild so it felt like this big it's been this really really big week and but the other point of being able to show up physically for Caitlin one of the things that was so nice about this funeral was watching how many family friends showed up for mom and our our aunts or our uncles and just kind of came in because they liked their parents, you know, they knew them and they appreciated them. But then also as a support for the people you love, like you show up in those times and the physical presence can just mean so much. So much. It can really do a lot. Yeah. And it was really beautiful last weekend, last week when we learned that we'd be going back the next day our friend jerry valentine cooked us grilled cheeses and tomato soup and Mm -hmm. our friends were we were playing some games and we kind of hung out and we watched auntie mame ah how fabulous because i just wanted to watch a movie about family and with a fabulous diva and character and i think that helped put us in a slightly better mood that night so we've had some really beautiful community show up for us in a time of 
great sadness. Absolutely. What would you say <coughs> was the most surprising part of this whole process for you? That's a good question. Like um, uh, maybe from your own emotional standpoint or uh, an act of kindness you saw or I, I think, yeah, I think there were a lot of moments of surprise for me. So I'm just asking, and maybe I can start if you, if you want. I can say uh, act of kindness was um, um, my, one of my best friends from, from growing up Principia coming and it was kind of funny it was when I was heading uh, to like work on Friday or I had to go pick something up and I had ho I had just found out that pop-up had passed and you were at the gym I was hoping maybe I would catch you because I was just feeling like I needed to be with somebody and I just gotten off the phone with mom and I was just really wanting to talk to somebody Mm -hmm. and so I called Principia and she was really sweet she was at work but she called me back right away and I wanted to talk to somebody who also knew him and knew him well and yeah. as she said she was like you know I have such fond memories because she was such a part of you know my life growing up coming to family events and seeing him all the time and he loved her and he loved her especially because <laughs> he loved he went to Fordham University and he was such a fan of his alma mater and um i think maybe it was and then also all college fight songs uh, all college fight songs <laughs> um but and i think he always wanted a, a grandchild to go but if he just met somebody from fordham it just you know made his days so he would always talk to Principia about it and he would always test her on the fight song and the first thing she said to me she's like you know i never did learn the entire fight song for your <laughs> pop-up and i was like that's okay nobody else did. but then what was also really funny was a memory nobody that else. our aunt mary nobody else did either nobody else did either but um our aunt mary beth who is our dad's sister is on the other side of the family she came to the wig and she then said she goes you know one of my favorite memories of your granddad was at some party and she was like and your cousin Chris was there and, and she was like it must have been you know that he she's like he had to have been like a sophomore in college but your grandfather starts asking me like oh where you're going and he's it's Georgetown and he goes oh Georgetown give me a couple lines of the fight song <laughs> <laughs> and your and Aunt Mary Beth goes you know I think your granddad is the only one who could ever get your cousin Chris to ever sing out loud like in front of somebody she like gave him a couple of lines didn't know all of it but it was just it's just really it's a really kind of funny thing with him so yeah having that um support she came to the wake and it was uh yeah like you said community showing up you know we don't always have the chance to talk all the time but it's nice when you do, um, it's like how you felt with Nora. You just, it's like no time has passed. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, there's also that, the love there and it's okay that you haven't talked all the time. Like we tried to see each other at Christmas and it just didn't happen. And yeah. um, so then I went to the city and had dinner with her. And at first that was like gi giving me anxiety because just before I'm about to leave anywhere, um, usually the transition of coming home or like going from here to New York or coming back, I just, I always have a lot of, anxiety about it and I was starting to feel guilty about not having one more night with mom and dad mm. uh and then once I got there though to dinner to just 
sort of have that break from the sadness a yeah. little bit, even though we talked about it and, you know, she still asked me and we, you know, I was able to reminisce with her. Um, we ended up doing the same thing, kind of going down memory road or just really catching up in each other's lives, which was really nice. And it did take me out of that headspace and it didn't yeah. cancel it out or replace it, but it did just kind of open me up a little bit more to just say it's okay to start letting other things back in through this grieving process. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, a really wonderful act of kindness. And then I'd say something I learned rather unexpectedly was also how to support myself while I'm grieving. Mm. I think I was feeling really lost at home, not wanting to rely too much on mom. And I was feeling really distant from you and maybe still don't know how to quite relate to the boys on a grieving level yet. Mm -hmm. Like they were grieving and I know that they were sad, but they do it in their own way. And I don't think it, not that it doesn't affect them in their day to day, but I would say, you know, they just, they had also other stuff, you know, like work going on while we were home. So more of a distraction. And I was just feeling very alone in my own thoughts. And actually it was nice. The person I ended up reaching out to was dad. Mm -hmm. And I just, I called him and I was like, are you coming home soon? Because I was just like, I just really need someone to talk to and just talk about my feelings with. And it was really great to just have someone else listen. And, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I felt like I was able to step out a lot at times for myself and just take a look at the bigger picture and say, it's okay that I'm grieving by myself. And not that I didn't have you all there supporting me, but I just, you know, everyone's, dealing in their own ways. So I think I just had to kind of learn how to sit with the sadness on my own and not look to have anyone make it better because no one really can. No one can take away that pain. And I think there were moments where I just didn't want to be sitting in it. And I was proud of myself because I think I kind of at moments got out of the rut that I was in from it. So what was, was, that? was there anything in particular that you felt that you used that helped you get out of the rut? Was it like a tool or was it different or did it just seem to happen? Um, I wouldn't say I had a tool. I think I just sort of talked myself through it a little bit. Sure. I guess you like could say it was like a little bit of like a self-coaching. Sure. Of just when, when I recognize it, I could just sort of say to myself, it's okay. Like it was like, you're just, there are going to be moments when you're going to have to grieve on your own. And, that's okay. And it was just, it was kind of just repeating that's okay to myself over and over until, yeah, until I started to feel it and believe it. And, you know, I think I also kept hearing our friend Jared Valentine in my head say like, it's okay to grieve. And sometimes you also just, you know, you're a lot of the times you're going to be grieving on your own and you, and then I, I felt the support during the funeral from everyone, especially afterwards at the luncheon, um, that like that's when we could all really sit in it together. And I think it was like those days before when you're running around and trying to get stuff done. And I think having the task of, even though it was stressful, but getting to do the picture boards and just kind of being left to my own devices on that, that mm-hmm. was nice. Also a good sort of distraction of being like, oh, if I can do this one thing and I can do it well, then which you did, which you very much did. It was Thank really you. beautiful. Thank you. They were really gorgeous. It was a 
damn, they took a lot of good pictures. <laughs> like it was hard. Oh, I know. He, the one, th- one thing so about our hard. grandfather was that in like truly he was movie star handsome. Movie star handsome. Yeah, like his old black and white photos. You're like I'll post a picture of him. What a babe. Which in, and then I think in all fairness, our grandmother I think was attractive when she was young, but I think became a real fox when she got older. Like I think grandmas oh. grew into her features. Yeah, she was like that, like and kind of Doris Day beauty of like a soft. I would think well, like I when she like when she they first got married, and then when you see her age, she she just she like vivacious. Well, yeah, I think she's like rounded in youth. She was so like, young. You know, she's like supple and rounded. You know, yeah. where it's almost like a baby face a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I think as she gets older, she really becomes like woman. Like she just Yeah, just a little, like everything becomes a little more chiseled. And mm-hmm. you're just like, damn, Grandma, like turning it out. Like, yeah. yeah. But the joke was always that she constantly hurt the brother entire marriage. Always how handsome our grandfather was from everyone. And then I started to, I was like, oh, God, yeah, she, <laughs> she hears it all the time. <laughs> I know, now she hears it all the time. Your husband was so handsome. I know. So <laughs> I know. It was like, it's so interesting. And also then, I mean, we can just say, it, like, we have hot uncles, too. Like, two oh good-looking uncles who were his sons. And my mom even made the joke, joke about, like, oh, yeah, like, people coming around to see you, like, uh, like coming back to the funeral just to see him, like, oh, where are your hot brothers? Yeah, like <laughs> she, yeah she made that joke. She, <laughs> like, she goes, I guarantee there will be women there just wanted to be, like, what do those Chechu boys turn out to look like? And the answer is hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it happens to be a set of features that ages well, mm-hmm. which I'm, like, it's nice to look into the genetic future and be, like, great, okay, I will be set at 50. Yeah. Like, life can look good yeah i'd say one of (laughs) one of the hardest things was uh was um was seeing grandma Mm -hmm. sit not by herself usually people were always around her but just noticing her in those sort of again quiet moments and and then that's what she said she goes i'm fine when i'm with everybody she goes, really? She's like, I feel okay. She goes, it's the quiet moments. She goes, it's when I think about me going back to my room and I mm-hmm. realize in my time, like when she's there, when I'm, you know, when she's talking about herself, when she's like sitting in her room, that she no longer has that like um, reason to like go downstairs and just sit with him she and be with to him. She four o'clock every day. Yeah. So I think that's hard for me to, again, we're so close to to her and she means so much and then very selfishly uh i have been thinking a lot about how sad it makes me that like i don't know if i'll have a significant other to mm-hmm. you know introduce to her and it's makes me very sad to know that like i didn't get to introduce him to like him yeah. I think it's like a a dream of mine that's been really hard to let go of, and it feels really silly and kind of stupid. No, but I mean it's in the way that you want. I mean, it's not. I understand why you feel silly and stupid about it. Like I think that's. I I understand why that feeling has come up. I'm not trying to discredit you yeah. for no, having no. that feeling, but it's not any different than just wanting to. In, you would want to introduce like your significant other to your parents or your friends when you're like, these are people who mean something to me. They've had a significant effect on my life. 
So I want them to meet you because you're someone else who's had a significant effect on my life. And so right. I want you to come into, yeah, you're building a universe for yourself. Yes. And those are, you're the components of your universe, the planets that revolve you being the sun, right? Everyone has their own universe. And so yeah. you're trying to just connect these orbits. So you're like, I'm building my, my solar system. And so you're like, I'm, I'm building this around me. And these are the things that orbit me and, and have made me up, you know? Yeah. And so that totally makes sense. And, you know, you will in a way, but oh, yeah. it will never be the same. You want to know you it's especially when someone you think is really fabulous. You're just like, oh, I wish you could have met this person. I wish yes. you could know. It's like, you know, when you have a friend who would get it so along with another friend and they're just like on different coasts, like the chances yeah. of them meeting are slim. But slim. you're just like, I hope one day you meet each other get because I meet. think you will just make each other tick. And not necessarily that's the same with a partner and someone you already know because you're interested in them for a different reason but i think in that desire there's just a desire to see people together that you yeah that you love or uh, yeah i think we, we're just really lucky to have had such wonderful i think examples of relationships and they were married for 64 years yes yeah, yeah. so <laughs> really long time really long time really long time and they went through a lot and i think it's also nice to learn five, as five kids Learn as we got older. Eleven grandchildren. Thirteen. I think we're thirteen. Fourteen, technically. No, I think it's only thirteen with James. Okay. Four of us. Two from Aunt Val. Two from Christian Uncle and Grace. Christian and Grace. Jewel and Ruby. Brett and Andrew. Oh, I guess we are bigger than I realized. I we're just know it's just so because rarely together. Yeah, it's just all it's together because of the Colorado versus this and, and also the age gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we so are kind of large. No, we're still. A yeah, we're not small. No, but um, do you have a a favorite memory of Papa that you'd like to share? No, I do. Um, I do want to do favorite memories of Papa. But oh. I wanna, uh, first, I want to share. I think what I found surprising oh. about. Mm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I want to know. Wow. I'm just, I wanted to make light of interrupting you and forgetting, so I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> she just wants to break the format and do it on herself. She wants to share all her own grief moments and then move on to the happy ones to help her heal. Yep. So, push. no, you're fine. Um, but I'm going to share what I found surprising because I've been reflecting upon uh, about this a lot on two things. One, on a lighter note, not really surprising, but I think I think it surprised me in a delightful way is that in this time of pain and also in the leading up to Pop-Pop's demise, he, Grandma has shifted in a way yeah. um, as a person and she's almost not more... Not even more affectionate, but no, I think even more affectionate. I think she's very, she's just feels very affectionate right now. But also she's shifted a lot, I think, in because Papa was so dynamic in their relationship of being the person who like told the stories and did this and did the that. And so much of her life was kind of playing a like a second fiddle to that. Not yeah. that I think he treated her that way. No. I think just in social situations so often that was kind of how it went because he was so socially charming and a the schmoozer. life of the party and a schmoozer and, and grandma, grandma is also said. yeah and also she's a fabulous woman at a party it, it's not that she can't hold her own but it just as a couple he took the lead yeah he was 
he was in the limelight. Yeah. Of the two of them, except when it came to golfing, where she was the, the star, star and also just a fabulous golfer in general. But she's really opened up with like stories. Yes. And sharing more about her life and yes. sharing more about his life and sharing more about their life together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a really delightful surprise because yes. sometimes she's just been sharing at it. Like we'll prompt her a lot, yes. but sometimes she just starts to go off. Yeah. on it and i think part of that is in her healing process of yes. wanting to share the, these memories of this person who meant so much to her but you you know you don't think of that that was never our relationship with them before it was never they they didn't really talk a lot about what they did you know you might know oh we took this trip together and it would be pop up then talking about all the polish history they found out when they went to yes. poland you would maybe find out about like oh they've been to all these places and about the places but not about like the small things that they did for each other in their relationships or the moments that meant a lot to them or, you know, what was significant. So I think we've gotten a nice window into that. And I, the other part about that has really surprised me in this time was just in the ways grief has manifested um, in me Mm because I've had grief and pain for a lot of other things, but not a lot in loss and not, at this time when I have more of like an emotional vocabulary and I think more of an mo- emotional understanding of myself, but I think, and we had a really good talk about this on Sunday when we were kind of both at the end of our emotional grief ropes. Yeah. And it did, I was watching it manifest a lot for me around when we got home. I was feeling very short with you and very short with your emotion and I was having a hard time figuring out why, like think the ways you would react would really annoy me. And it was difficult because I would wa- watch myself get annoyed at like your just genuine emotional reaction. You know, it was almost like I did because I didn't have time for it. You know, I think I think what happened is when we had this conversation, it illuminated a lot of my behavior. And I think a lot of it was in this way of I would see you get really emotional and I knew I didn't have the emotional space to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So then I would get frustrated at you being emotional and having this emotion because I was like, I can't fucking deal with this right now. Like, I have to do this. I was like, so I don't have time for this grief over this photo or over this or over like wanting to be included in this or thinking, you know, and this, this, that narrative would pop up, but I wasn't aware at the time of like, that's why it was. And now in having a kind of, got into it the other day it like bubbled over and we fought and then you walked away and you were going to leave and then as I was sitting there I was getting I was just having this real like these waves of like emotion that really kept coming over me that was surprising me but like all of a sudden there was a moment of clarity in me being like why like why I didn't want you to go like I wanted you to stay and then I was able to put it together of being like well, wha- like yes because you were like I think you need space and you're like it's okay I can go home and be s- um, but we learned this later when you said this but you're like I think you need space and I knew I needed space but I also wanted you to be there because I knew you were going through something and I didn't want you to go home and be alone and then it was like the light clicked of being like oh I'm grieving and I need space to grieve and I also want to take care of you at the same time, but I cannot do that. And so I feel there's like a deep guilt over not doing that. So I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But then instead of being able to express like, oh, but I also need my own space or like, 
I also like, I want you to be here, but I need us to be quiet or I want you to be here because I want us to be around for this, but I can't talk about this right now. You know, like, like I think we can, I like, it was good to learn. It was, it was just good. I think to learn in our relationship and for me of being like, Oh, okay. Right. Like I need to honor my needs. And Mm -hmm. also, cause I, cause I kept feeling it at home of being like, don't get snippy with Sarah. Like, don't do that. Like, don't, get mad but then i would just do it like it just would it would just happen and i, I found it kept happening and then i'd be like oh fuck her you know for like then getting mad about um or being upset about me getting snippy but i knew i was in the wrong and so this was crazy and i just didn't want it to be that way and then i felt like we could kind of pull through it and we both like we both kind of knew it was not it wasn't a personal thing but it was no. also just but it was frustrating. So yeah. I, I appreciate you being willing to listen to me. Cause then I think when we had the conversation on Sunday, it really helped because you just said, like, I think it was just like good for me to hear those words of like, you know, sometimes I'll just be sad and like, you don't have to fix it. You know, I think there's just mm-hmm. this guilt I have about, you know, with being your older brother and being like, I should be able to shield you or protect you or yeah. always be there when you need me. Like, I think I feel that very deeply. And so not being able to deliver on that makes me feel worse already for like, it yeah. makes me feel like the emotion that I have is like weak. Like, I think it just brings up weakness and not that I feel weak for being sad. I think it was just like all of that being like, Oh no. And now I can't be, cause I'm usually a really good emotional support. Yeah. Like yeah. I tend to be yeah. a really good emotional support for friends and being able to hold that for people. And even in my own emotions, be able to separate it so that yeah. I can be like, Oh, okay. I can put my stuff aside and then I can, offer you this and that's just like a, a gift of mine like yeah. but so i think it was hard to have that gift be inaccessible because like my own emotional needs were stronger like i needed to do it for myself first yeah. i like needed to be my own yeah. this and also lean on people and like be able to talk about it and go through that and so thank you for going through that with me because <laughs> <laughs> you know there will be many more moments of grief but so it was you know good to learn about that relationship and we watched it happen with our mom and our aunt Liz who were the big caretakers for pop-up at his end of life. And then these arrangements were happening and a lot of things were happening with aunt Liz and grandma. My mom would feel excluded after having done so much and feeling like she didn't have a voice in it. And you know, we talked the other thing that was (laughs) really nice about this. It's just like so funny and in these ways of just like trauma is such like a hot, button word right now like yes. trauma 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 trauma. like what's your trauma what's your trauma what's your trauma let's talk about your trauma what's the trauma that defines you but it like feels it like a little t and it rhymes with ama <laughs> 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 it's like just a family <laughs> i got a little t and it rhymes with rama you're like it doesn't rhyme with rama <laughs> like oh like maybe it's like i got a little t and it ends with rama i got a little t and that rhymes with p and that t <laughs> Capital capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for trauma. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so different than Music Man (laughs) for the updated version, the millennial version of Music Man. Trauma. And that stands for trauma. (laughs) Now, our mom has talked about it with me. I I don't know if I mentioned on the pod, but the last time we were home for Christmas and it was just me, mom and dad, and my mom was talking about how they were talking about traumas in their couples therapy and then like their childhood traumas and then mom just turned to me and she said so do you have any childhood trauma you'd like to talk about (laughs) and i was like oh 
Right, right here. The, right <laughs> like in a concerning in a concerning way, but also in a little like so. And so I just thought it was so funny. So I keep getting a little bit louder and excited. But sorry, no, I know. No, no, I don't no, want to. No, 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 but we're in. We're right next to Sarah's, like roommates. It's like ten forty-five at night. Like I needed yeah. to respect it. So I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just suddenly getting quiet. <laughs> we have complaints. We have to be. But so trauma has kind of circled through, and our Uncle Steve, my mom's younger brother, w- just went through a program for like ten days. He had been in a big depression, and then went on this uh, like kind of group therapy thing that really like came around. Apparently he came out like a completely new person and there's been a lot of talk. My uncle rich had a rocky relationship with our grandfather for a while. He was the oldest son and he didn't talk to him for two years and that was semi recently. And there was a lot of pain in the family around that. But my uncle rich has really come around on that and even said beautiful words, the wake of saying, you know, my father and I had a rock and roll relationship, but at the end of the day, like, he was like, it was all about love and we we came to a mutual understanding and there was a lot of healing in that. And that yeah. was, I really uh, applauded that honesty and being able to say it wasn't always great because yeah. that's good to hear, you yeah. know? And I think even in sharing memories of pop up, I mean, there were so many good ones. And I think as gra- as grandchildren, we got the best. We got um, the best. Because really grandparents, you know, it really changes those people. And my mom, mom even said, like grandma wasn't particularly affectionate when she grew up. Like she wasn't super affectionate, but we've always known grandma is very affectionate. She loves hugs and she like, I've always thought of her as warm. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny to, it changed. My mom said that her relationship changed with her mother when she had kids. And so, and they have a beautiful relationship. Yeah. And so there's been a lot in this grieving and this transition and the losing of, the patriarch of the family that there's so much sadness, but there's also, there's been like a lot of healing. So this kind of comes back to like the, the what I bring back into the trauma of like the, the, their, their generation, my mom, our mom and those siblings have started to work out their stuff. And there's like just this conversation around all of it, which is nice in this way of just, yeah, they're also open to it. Yeah. They're super open That's to it. Yeah. And being able to talk about it, and there's a really beauty. Uh, there's a real beauty in then being able to heal yeah. with your family in a in a meaningful, therapeutic way versus suck it up or we don't talk about it. I mean, our family is like we're emotional and we talk about it, and now they're learning language of like mental health to talk about it and try to not pass on as much or just recognize it, and then be able to have a a civilized conversation around it because we all realize that when we start to get through it, we can all start to meet each other at, we can all come to the table as better realized people. One of the quotes I have, I've always wanted to get tattooed on my body and is still with me and I can't remember who said it, but I'd look it up. But I heard it like in an NPR piece and one of the quotes was just, it, it was an interview with this author and it was like, we are all of us wounded animals. And mm. it's just like a beautiful reminder of, we all come to the table with trauma and pain. Yeah. And so being able to just recognize that and be able to have an empathetic conversation around it, like this death and this grief has opened that up in a way of being able to talk through it, watching mom then be able to express to Aunt Liz when she was feeling frustrated with that 
and being able to say to her too, like, let go, let go. Like you're holding on so tightly and you just need to like, let go a little bit, you know, like uh, being able to recognize it. And of course people, you s- things still get tense. You can't prevent fights. There was yeah. still tension and some drama with the funeral because people are in these really emotional states, but overall it was so beautiful. Yeah, everyone really came together and yeah, it's the dynamics don't completely just go away, right? And if that and like if like you said, there's gonna be tension, but watching people develop the language and also just having an understanding of each other, which they do even for even though like Uncle Steve and Uncle Rich live out on the West Coast and have for most of now our our mom and our other aunts like adult lives uh they can still come together as siblings which is really beautiful to see and to see like an openness to want to learn and to hold space for each other is really beautiful to witness because i think it's also i think seeing that i think for a long time i had a fear that our differences with matthew and owen were and now that we're on the west coast my fear was that maybe we were going to become like uncle rich and uncle steve a little bit just in having this distance from our family and I really didn't want that because I, for a while, didn't know how to relate to Matthew and Owen. And I didn't know how to have yeah. that connection. But then I also realized that that was, had a lot to do with age. Once they, kind for me at least, like... No, same. Once, Absolutely yeah. same. And once we got older, you know, and, and they're still learning, like you said, like we're now learning the emotional vocabulary that we need in order to kind of like process things. They're starting to learn that themselves. And also the emotional vocabulary to process them yes exactly and show up um to them as like as people and how to relate to them and like what like that we just sometimes will do things differently and being able to recognize how that manifests differently in each of us yeah and so just i I think seeing kind of like an example of our parents and aunts and uncles go through these changes and still be able to show up for each other but then also being able to recognize and say like just how like we kind of did you were like I can't take on your stuff right now. Uh, doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't support you. But, uh, or as mom, <laughs> as mom always says, she's like, that's their shit. <laughs> that's not your shit. Mm-hmm. And you can't take that on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so there's in this really big loss that I'm sure will continue to affect me for the rest of my life. I'll never not miss him. It is really beautiful to see sort of like this a a new chapter I think start to develop for our family because I think it also made us realize how important we are to each other more so too you know just even with looking with Uncle Rich saying you know to me recognizing he's like you know I've been to San Francisco a few times these last years and he's like and I never reached out to you and Ryan and I was like yeah I was like that kind of hurt and he was like I'm sorry he's like I'm looking at you now and he's like He's like, I'll see you there. And I was like, that's all I want. I don't need it to be like a constant like check-in. But I was like, but you are a part of my family and you mean something to me. And I just want us to have, you know, a, a relationship in any kind of just, you know, check-in. And I just, I saw that really blossoming for a lot of our family. Yeah, I think Uncle Rich and Uncle Steve are two Colorado uncles who 
you know, we saw pretty significantly as children. Like, they yeah, came in for no, a lot of events. Yes, they were absolutely. not, like, so, so distant. They no. came in for big family parties. And you're always like, oh, they're so cool. They're so fun. And, you know, you just see your uncles and you're like, yeah, awesome, 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 awesome. But, you know, as you got older, as we got older and we saw them, like, especially Uncle Rich, but it became it's just a little more, like, distant, like, more in his own life and figuring it out. And that also, I think, has to do with his own healing of traumas. Absolutely. And, and whatnot. And maybe, and like, a distance from family. and. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, I mean, this last trip, I mean, he was so, like, interested. Yeah. He was just genuinely interested. And I feel like I got to see his personality and and the way it was and just see it and be like, oh, yeah, Uncle Rich. He's like, he's like a wild child. Like, he's totally like a still like a hippie rocker drummer dude at heart. Like, that's super him. But I got to appreciate that because it wasn't like, oh, he's an aloof, distant drummer hippie. Like he was, yeah. he could just be himself, mm-hmm. but then show up for family and like look at you and like either like disagree or whatever. But he was very like interested mm-hmm. in us. Very and present. Like, yeah, just super present in this really beautiful way. And so was Uncle Steve. And so was Uncle Steve. They were both say. super present and interested and genuinely loving in this way where it was beautiful to see how that affected them and now being close with family we you know we just got to develop i mean grief bonds people yeah and deeper yeah get deeper connection yeah i mean it's i mean it's in its own way like a trauma because you know the loss is real but it's not the same it's not i mean it's death is a natural part of life and we're gonna have to face it eventually and and you should know our grandfather was 87, so he had a fabulous run. Had a fabulous life. Yeah, he, he did so many wonderful things. And so many people loved him and enjoyed him and appreciated him. And we did too. And now um, we're running pretty long in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't want to keep people here for so, so, so long. But now I think the the best way to end this will be on the favorite memories. Favorite memories. Yeah, some some top memories. You can choose one or two. You know. Okay. Give us a little down. I'll give I'll give one too. Do you ha- do you have one that you're ready with right now? Um. Do you need a yeah, I think two. Just yeah, I think one will be shared between us because it's what we always did with them. But I I have a very specific memory. I mean, I remember staying over their house a few times and. They always had such healthy food. That was always so disappointing <laughs> as a child. So disappointing. Uh, not really a favorite memory, but as a child being like, where's the fucking sugar c- cereal? And then being showed like puffins, but like puffins before they were like sweet. Like you'd be like, Kashi. Kashi. I was oh yeah, Kashi. Kashi. I was going to say, it wasn't puffins, but it was like. The yeah, it was Kashi. Yeah, and it was like before Kashi really even got popular. So it was like a truly like health cereal. Oh, yeah. it's disgusting. God, there was like no candy in that household. Yeah, now the best you could get would be Thin Mints in the freezer just thin because the freezer. they could have a box of Thin Mints for because they would have one maybe every two months. So oh. for so long, you'd have yeah. a s- <laughs> two boxes of and Thin Mints in the like freezer. Fruit for dessert. I mean, now as like an adult, I'd be like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but they, yeah. N- oatmeal in the morning. Oh. Just plain oatmeal. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, one of my favorite memories was, I don't know if you were with us. Maybe you were too young or maybe it was just for us or maybe you were there. Did you, did we go, did you go see Beauty and the Beast with them? 
Yeah, when we did it for um, was us, mom. Yeah, we got in, we got in a limo for the first time. With it was for mom's birthday. I got to see Beauty no, and Beast twice. Oh well, I don't think my only remembrance of it. Actually, I did see it twice, but no, yes, I had different memory of going to see a show with them. So this is no, I wasn't there. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure it was. I think I think I might have just went. I think it was just you because I remember being in the car with them, like Pop Up, who. Uh, one of the memories was he loved a meticulously clean car, which is so true. Like he it's did. something that I never put together as a kid of like, Same. oh, this car is so clean. But immediately when I thought of being in his car, there. I immediately think of how there was no, there was nothing in that just car. Just the maps. Just the maps, but like also organized, just in the back yeah. back seat yeah. of a, of the of the driver and the passenger seat, and the car would be spotless. And they were usually like like the kind of like boat. Land cruiser cars like a big Toyota, a Buick, Ca- a Buick big Toyota Camry Huge later, like Buick, yeah. yeah, just big leather seats. They were nice cars, yeah. But I remember, was it a silver Buick? I thought it was no. green. No, you're thinking of Dad's green car when we were kids. No, I know, th- but I, 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 I know about a silver Buick. No, I know what car you're talking about with Dad, but it's not that. I, I feel. Well, grandma also grandma had the car. Also they had two oh, grandma, cars. Grandma may have had the green car. Yeah, it might have been grandma's car, but they were both meticulously clean. Mm, I just remember yeah. there being um, warm, tan leather seats, and I remember driving in the city, and I, c- I remember we were at like some exit, and I don't even think anyone said. I just remember driving through the city with them, and like opera playing, and like mm-hmm. the way they smelled, and like it's a very like sensory memory of just this time where I was like with my grandparents, and they were just taking me to see a show and I don't really remember their show. And I, like, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure I loved it. It, it oh meant yeah. a lot to me and all of that, but I had that playbill for a long time. Yeah. Like, and I always remember that just that experience, like how special it was to me. And then the other, besides the other one that we have, like, I just really loved being able to do man of La Mancha in college, mm-hmm. which they came down to see. And which I played the governor and pop up was just so proud and the governor's like just was like sing the governor's song and just oh, wanted to be able to so proud do that and yeah it was just like a musical like that he knew that then I had a role in and it was my first like and really only lead in a Catholic show which was cool as a senior and it was significant and beautiful and you know they came and saw all your shows. Yeah, pretty much everything that they could, they did. So, I mean, they even saw me in Rocky Horror when I was fr- in Fra- as Frank, and they saw me in Hair when I got naked on stage. And so, I mean, they were full-throated supporters and uh, always were and always will be. Yeah, absolutely. And you? I w- yeah, so I would say as a general memory... Um, all of our moments singing at the piano and I would say oh yeah, hey, I we'll that's how we would end. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so then I'll go I'll go into one of my earliest memories was a lot of the times we did get to spend nights with them, usually, you know, if our parents did nights in the city or stuff mm-hmm. out or you know, date nights. And I remember and our grandmother played the piano not only for their church but also for um the high school. So for all the musicals and so we would go a lot. And the one I remember the most is so we would sit with our grandfather in the audience because my grandmother obviously was playing in the orchestra. And I remember <laughs> um, <laughs> we 
we saw Bye Bye Birdie. And I had mm-hmm. seen the movie a lot, but the musical was actually a lot raunchier. And we were pretty young. And I think there was just, I just remember one scene happening and they think it's like the makeout scene or whatever and he's coming on really strong and he said something and everyone laughed and I didn't understand the joke and pop up just kept laughing but going I get going I don't get it I'm just going but laughing while saying it and then afterwards um them taking us to IHOP which I just Loved it wasn't the so pancake much. house. It was yeah, the pancake house. It was the East Inter- Norwich pancake, pancake house. house. Yeah. yeah. So every time going, it was by specifically that, I just not IHOP, but it was yes, a pancake house, pancake which house. confused me as a, a yes, child because I was like, how could it also kind of looked like it too? Yeah, it was it like, how could it, I was like, how could it, it was? I think green. I think it was a light green. I'm pretty sure it was blue. And then the last thing that it became as a restaurant became green. Whatever, it's fine. We'll read it as a green. And then. <laughs> One more quick memory, and it's actually why I truly adored um, Pop-Ups and Grandma's relationship was one time I called, and I think it was either their anniversary or Pop-Ups' birthday. And like always, Grandma usually answers the phone first, so I talked to Grandma, and then she put Pop-Up on the phone. And he said, well, and I was like, how are you? And he said, well, I couldn't be better. I couldn't be better. I'm sitting out here it's a beautiful day we're looking at we're watching the birds and he goes and i'm looking across at my beautiful bride and he goes and i just i couldn't be better and that's what he always called our grandma it like just so late and he always referred to her as his bride and and he'd ask me if he needed anything and he'd be like well would you go get my bride another drink and look at my bride isn't she beautiful and it was just it it made me love him to see what a romantic he was and how yeah. much he truly adored her and I think one of my favorite things too is um grandma telling me at least three times what a <laughs> what a great lover he was. Oh really? Yeah. That okay, to to be honest, I'm Glad that you confirmed that for me because, like, I've always had that suspicion that they p- had a pretty hot and heavy. Oh my god! Wait, have you never heard the really, really funny story? No, please well, tell I me. I guess apparently also kind of in these like just before Pop Up had a, had a like se- more severe decline like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, more in his old age, he, <laughs> he was very very horny. He got his like libido back. Yeah, and um, one time. Mom and Aunt Liz are both on the phone. Or no, Mom is like on the phone. First Aunt Liz had been on the phone with Grandma, I think. And they were trying to figure something else. And then Grandma was like, I have let me I'll call and I'll ask Kathy. And so then she calls Mom and then they're on the phone and they're like trying to figure this thing out. And Mama's just trying to get an answer out of Grandma. And then she's like, Your your grandfather needs me. Or your father needs me. And then it's like, I have to go. <laughs> and then hangs up the phone. And then mom immediately calls Aunt Liz. It was like, mommy just said the weirdest thing. In this way of like, <laughs> daddy needs me and I have to go. <laughs> and just hung up. <laughs> and then Aunt Liz goes, ew, they're doing it. <laughs> and I'll never also forget Alex, our cousin Alex, telling me once when she was staying over that she found like sexy like lingerie on the back of their door. And I was just like, Get it, Grandma? Yeah. No, they were. They were. Um, 
yeah, they were grandma. Yeah, grandma's confirmed it. She was like, mm, they had a great sex life. Yeah, I a, think it's, it's like good also to hear. no, it is good to hear. I'm like, that's amazing. No, and like you, you want, like you should have it till the end. I mean, yes. also to be honest, like, like what else do you do like, in retirement? Also, like this is one of the reasons they stayed together for so long. Like probably and like yeah. Also, like that keeps the relationship healthy and strong. It's just like they were so attracted to each other. Yeah, genuinely, and yeah. that's really refreshing just to hear that and just to know that that it can happen because i feel like a lot of stories with the relationships is how sex fizzles out and you know maybe it comes back but i think it's cool to be able to reinforce that you know you can make love to each other for a long time and who knows like maybe they spice it up maybe they do whatever maybe i'll get into this in an interview with my grandmother yeah yeah and i think i don't fucking care clearly like we've talked like my boundaries are like whatever so anything that people are willing to share i'm just like yeah tell me about it because oh and she's willing to share trust me <laughs> grandma i love it like no more filter yeah yeah and I it's really cool yeah i mean i also and also all fairness i think with this, I mean, I think Grandma will be kicking with us for a while because she's in pretty excellent shape. I mean, she has her problems, and you know, she's working on her upper body and stuff, like shoulders back and yeah, not hunching over. But Speedy Gonzalez, when she walks down the hallway with that yeah. walker, I mean, man, it's like damn, damn it's like <laughs> she barely needs door. that walker. <laughs> that walker, like you know, most people are moving in a walker; they're so slow, and it's just giving them some freedom. And, and Grandma's just like, oh, this just allows me to move even faster. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like she can't move that fast without the walker, but with the walker, I mean, she's like a speed demon. Yeah. She's just cruising, and it's amazing. Yeah, so, so I would say it's cool so. to open up. Yeah, I think one of our future episodes, I, we probably mentioned in the past, interviewing my grandmother. She's saying that she can't remember things as well anymore, but she's had. She's also literally eighty-five. So when she gets fuzzy on details for things, I'm like, it's even amazing that you can remember what you did forty years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's really funny that when she said that in the car, because it felt like it was just over Christmas, where I had also prompted her, which is something. Very like easy questions, and she's just spewing, yeah, the story out like it happened yesterday. And I look at her, I'm like, it's funny that you think your memory is so bad because when you're in a moment, I'm sure of like saying something, and maybe you skip without you're like, oh, I can't remember. But when we were sitting there and she was writing the eulogy with Uncle Steve, you know, he would look at her and go, when did this happen, or when did Dad do this? And she was, you know, she'd have a date, or she'd be like, oh, well, I think she, it was, and that was the other thing is like, Papa never had a good mind for dates or order of everything and she was always correcting him on being oh, like yes. always correcting him on being like it uh like when something happened yeah and there's that song in Gigi uh which is grandma was saying that they were tr- they were doing it what they were doing at one point that it's like called like I remember it well and it's an old man and an old woman and he was like the scene he's like the month was March she was like it was April <laughs> and he was like it was hot she was like it was freezing like everything he says she contradicts <laughs> but then when it comes down to like the feeling of what the memory was like she you, it's like all about like he doesn't remember it but she remembers how well but he's always like I remember it well and it's just all about then the God, the that's them. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> so them. Like he tell, would tell such a long winding story but then she'd be like it actually was this. You know, but it's really beautiful. So we. So there it is. So there it is. One of his. Famously. Famously, one of his lines. So there it is. So there it is. So there it is. This little episode, which is half just talking about grief, a lot just talking about our wonderful grandfather. Bros, thank you for letting us process with you. Yeah, Richard T. Chechu. <laughs> Great man. 
great-great-grandfather. We were lucky to know him for as long as we did and to have the wonderful times with him. Oh, we didn't really get the... We didn't say the memory of how we always sang with them. Always. Yeah, we... Um, Our they first singing, singing tr- partners. truly brought us the gift of music and yeah. our family holiday parties are famous we're famous on my mom's side for always so much singing and merriment and singing around the piano sarah and i gathered around with our grandparents kind of being the main stewards of song for many years and singing broadway and grandma accompanying sarah at voice recitals and pop-up coming to them and singing and coaching and singing was a huge part of his life and my our grandmother fabulous musician throughout her life and they music music teacher introduced them yeah so music was integral to their relationship and then to their relationship with their family and particularly to us and the the huge like the reason i feel good singing around the piano was being able to develop that grandma and pop up and every year being able to come back as I got better and better and be able to share that more and more and share it more with my family and have them say like oh you sound better you sound more confident you you know getting to mark our progress with them and then being able to share that gift and uh, we got to sing or we had a luncheon after the funeral and it was awesome lots of great speeches, lots of great memories. And Sarah and I went up and sang What I Did for Love, which was one of his favorites and one that we always would sing with them. So thank you for listening in and uh, kiss the day goodbye, the sweetness and the sorrow. Wish me luck the same to you. Sorry, I started it high. You did. But, but I, I can't, can't regret, regret what I did for love. What I did for love. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. We love you all. Me too. Hug a loved one. Hug give a them a big, one. give them a big hug and kiss, and tell them tell them what they mean to you. Yeah, it's I'd important. Definitely recommend that as well. Mm. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Know My Actual Sister is produced and edited by me, Ryan Patrick Welsh. And me, Sarah Catherine Welsh. Cover art created by the incredible Aurora Johnson. You can find her stuff for sale at glitterita.redbubble.com. And make sure to follow her on Instagram at glitterita. Speaking of Instagram, follow us at Know My Actual Sister and let us know what you think. Or send us an email to knowmyactualsister at gmail. Finally, if you're enjoying the pod, please subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.